Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer. We've been spoiled by football, unfortunately, the Saints not playing in any of these past weekend's games. But shoot, John, it was a lot of fun watching some of these games this weekend. It was, I think people saying it might have been the best weekend of football ever. And I yeah. debated. I mean, it's hard to debate four games being played and having that much drama. And I think all of them were decided on the last game, the actual last play, whether it was a kick or a touchdown. It was crazy. And uh, man, it was it makes you miss your team being in. But man, as a as a spectator, I don't I don't know if there's a better spectator sport than, than football right now. Yeah, I mean, as the games went on, you're like, there's no way that the games can each be this good. And then to cap it off the way that that last game was the last two minutes were absolutely insane. And then to go into overtime with you know, the Bills, the Chiefs, that was just an incredible few minutes of football there. Yeah, I mean, I, I kept saying, okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. Yeah. Okay, really over. Okay, well, now it's got to be over. Okay, well, I guess it's not over. I mean, it was, you know, adrenaline. I, I don't know what my blood pressure was. My adrenaline, <laughs> like I was actually covering the game or something because it was, it was that kind of a game. I tried not to. I mean, you know, when you don't have a vested interest in either one of the teams, it's kind of like, okay, I just want to see a good game. Yeah. And while it's like, okay, well, man, this is this is pretty good. And then after a while, you you can't turn away from it. So that that game grabbed me and it wouldn't let me go. All right. So two questions: Do you like the overtime rules in the NFL? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, look, if you can't get a stop, 13 seconds left in the game. <laughs> if you can't get a stop, then you know, to me, you 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 say, okay, I, I don't, I don't, um, we don't deserve to win. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know another way of saying it. You know, you can get a stop on defense either in the last 13 seconds of the game, or you can get a stop on defense in overtime. So. I don't have any pity if the team goes out and scores a touchdown and wins the game. I, I just don't. Yeah, especially a defense that's been as coveted as the Bills have been all season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was kind of it was crazy to see that happen. Um, other question: If you were actually covering that game, you tweet so much during games. I mean, how would you even been able to follow the action? And what would have your lead been after the game? It would have changed fifteen times in the last two minutes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that, well, after a while, you just kind of stop and you start, and you tweet, you know, but you just kind of say, okay, I'm going to not worry about a lead in this. I'm just going to, you know, see what happens at the end because after a while, it's like, okay, this is really crazy. And then you start looking around when the dust settles and you take a deep breath and you say, okay, after a game like that, you say, okay, where does this stack up? Because this feels like one of the best games that's ever been played. I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge that when you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but at the end, man, this, this was probably somewhere high on the list. So you kind of take it from that angle. And especially if your team is the one that won. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd have had a good time tweeting on that one because, you know, I can, you know, sometimes I can got to kind of be vanilla and sometimes you, you know, you, you get a little invested into it. So that would, that would have been a fun one though. Cause yeah, I, I tweet a decent amount during the game. That would, I'd, I'd have had a lot of stuff going on in that one. Yeah, I would have loved the commentary. For the Saints, what's coming up next? we got the Senior Bowl. You're heading there for some coverage. What can we look forward to? Well, yeah, um, we'll be there. and We'll have some, uh, some, some video submissions and probably some written submissions. I think we're probably going to be scheduled to talk to um, 
uh, executive vice president and general manager, Mickey Loomis over at the senior bowl. He generally has a media availability there. So we'll talk to him and then we'll get ready for the combine. The saints will do their due diligence over at the senior bowl because, you know, the saints do in fact draft some senior players from time to time and they see most of them over in mobile. Uh, so we'll go over there and see what happens there and then uh, get ready for the combine and, and the saints will get ready for the draft and, Get ready to see what they can uh, see what they can supplement themselves with in the draft because I think free agency is before the draft, so then you can kind of supplement from that standpoint. So, should be a busy offseason because even though you know all the projections of oh, the Saints are this much over the cap, look, the cap's going up. Number one and two, nobody in the NFL does cap management better than Kai Harley. Mm-hmm. No, nobody, hands down. So, you know, he's one of those guys who can take a quarter and make it seem like $50. And now you, you know, extrapolate that and say, you know, he can take a few million and make it seem like a whole lot more million. So it'll be interesting to see what the Saints do in free agency. Yeah, we'll bring somebody in to dive into more of the senior bowl stuff, some of the prospects that are going to be there. But for this podcast today, we're going to kind of tap into the special teams play, one of our big special teams guys, special teams captain JT Gray has had a lot of honors this year. So we're going to bring him on here, talk to him a little bit about this past season and see what he's up to in the off season. JT, thanks so much for coming on the New Orleans Saints podcast with us. It's a little bit different. We're talking during the off season. Hope everything's going well for you so far. Yes, everything's good. I appreciate you for having me. Definitely. You've gotten a lot of accolades this year, starting with the Pro Bowl, then the All-Pro nomination, first team this time around. Looking back on the season and everything that you were able to accomplish, you know, how proud are you of your performance? Um, very proud. Um, you know, I still got things that I can work on, um, small little detailed things, you know, um, may seem good to other people, but I just see the things that I can work on to become a better person, a better player, I mean. Yeah, coming into the season, you were the special teams captain. How much did that mean to you? And then to see how well the special teams did this season? Uh, it means a lot, you know, um, knowing that we lost a couple captains from last year. I knew that I had to step up to that role and I was ready to embrace that role, you know. You mentioned a couple things that you still need to work on. So what are the things that you're going to attack during the offseason? Uh, just my footwork, my um, setting my feet, blocking, coming out in and out of breaks, um, and also studying film a little more, getting more detailed in my film study. JT, I, I think very few guys come into the NFL saying, I want to be the best special teams player in the league. Where did that mindset shift or, you know, when you first got in, is that kind of the way you figured you'd get your foot in the door and stay in the door? Yeah, coming in, I know that was my uh, opportunity to come in and show what I can do um, on teams. And I was going, I made my mind up to become the best at what I do. And I wasn't going to stop until it happened. Okay, so from undrafted rookie to two-time All-Pro, um, who did you study or who are you studying now? I studied most of the um, the good guys in the league, one of the, all of the better players in the league. Like, um, like I said before, Justin Hardy, Matthew Slater. Um, the guy from the um, the Colts, um, Bethel. I study all the guys to see what they got. Um, add those moves to my toolbox and just critique my skills as well. Okay, now now Justin Hardy used to be a former Saint. That's that's your dude. What did he teach you about playing special teams? 
Um, first off, just um, I mean, we had this conversation. I was a rookie. Uh, he was like, "This is gonna be my uh, opportunity to get in the door." So I just got to go out there and be relentless. And he was just teaching me like techniques, um, especially a gunner, uh, showing me some blocking techniques on kick return to, you know, what I'm saying to up my game. Now, is that where the bond formed? I mean, you both of you guys were undrafted, and both of you guys were playing. Was it was it the bond from being undrafted? Was it the bond from being gunners? Where 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 did the tight bond develop between you two? Uh, actually, the uh, the bond happened because we we're fraternity brothers, so um, we greeted each other when we first got in there, um, and it was just love from then. So you know, what I'm saying we connected from that day on. And folks, for you, you, know, you all who don't know, that's Omega Sci Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I will not speak that name again on this broadcast because I'm a Sigma, so I don't have the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's all I'm love. Just kidding. Yes, no, I'm, no. Just I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, did, did a game or two or a play or two for you this season stand out? Um, I want to, let me think. I'll say that the Bucks game when I um, made a tackle on punt. When I made that tackle on Halloween to um, set the tone and it got everybody hyped up and I feel like after that play right there, like we were just down here from that play. I got I got to go back to you and your guy though. You played the Jets this season. You had you had four tackles in that game, and that's not unheard of, but that's hard to do in an NFL game. And a lot of that was you know you were matched up against your guy, just Justin Hardy. You know what was that? What was that like to go against him for the first time? Man, it was something special, you know, to be able to share, share the field with him and be able to uh, compete against him because, you know, throughout the years I've been playing, I've been playing with him, and that was my very first time playing against him. So I had to get into a different mode, and I'm already knowing the intensity was high between both of us to go out there and make plays and give us our, and give our best game. You know, how much better can you be at this? I mean, you said just there were some small things you wanted to kind of tweak, but you're already – at the top of the profession, your first team all pro as a special teamer. How much better can you be at this? I can get way better. It's always room for improvement, you know, and that's what I'm going to work on to get better. And I can only show that through my um, action on the field. Yeah, now we also know that you're safety for the Saints also. Does that help you with your special team? Does the special teams help with you playing safety? You know, how do those two positions, those two duties feed off one another? Uh, they both work hand-in-hand because, hand you know, at safety, you have to take angles toward the ball. And once I get down there toward the field, um, at um, special teams, I know I have to um, relate to safety and be able to take different angles to be able to make a play on the ball. Okay, now, JT, walk me through a punt return from punt to tackle. What What's your aim? What's your goal? What are you seeing? Uh, what am I seeing? You get the signal. You know which way we're going. Um, Either if I'm going against a double, I have to t- I have to make the double a single. So if I'm they playing away from me, I just turn that um the inside guy into a single. I never you never want to look at it as a double because you want to go you want to make it one on one every time. Or if I'm going outside, you got you got two battles when you in and punt. You got to win the line of scrimmage. And you got to win when the punt returner catch the ball. Um, knowing what the punt returner gonna do, like if he's a downhill runner or is he like to uh, sidestep or get to the sideline, you need to know all of that before you um, go out there for the punt. So I get, I beat the um, I beat the double. I go down there, depending on what kind of return that is, I either um, take my shot or I score him up, make him run sideways because I have my other um, players 
on the team, making him run sideways as well. So that's when I started to get my angle. That's when I turned to a safety man to uh, pursue my pursuit angle. So I make him run sideways, and I have other guys. We got um, we got Drew, we got um, Zach, and we got um, we got Dwayne. So we got those guys um, cutting the field off to make him stop his feet. And once he stopped his feet, I'm still running at a pursuit angle from the backside, which way I made him. I made him run the opposite way from me. So I'm steady running that way, and they cutting him off. And when, once he cut back the, um, another direction, he coming back into me on punt return. Any special team, there's only so many moves that you can make on a uh, special team unit. You know, you made that sound real easy, JT. Now, now but you're running 100 miles an hour, and you're trying to right. tackle how how hard is that to I guess you know throttle down, slam on brakes, and be able to you know change directions when you need to, and all those things. Um, it's pretty hard, but at the same time, you gotta have a timer in your head. Like um, plays average eight seconds each play, and the ball will be in the air for about four point five seconds. Um, the uh, operation will be no more than two seconds. So essentially, you got like six seconds to get down the field. So. You got that time in your head, so you know what's about to get ready to happen. How much time do you spend each week leading up to the game, watching film, whether it's with the team or on your own, getting prepared for a game? Um, I wouldn't give a time limit. I'll say on average, um, say about an extra hour a day, not including the um, meeting rooms. Sure. And then obviously get a lot of time on the field, workouts in and stuff like that. But throughout the season, do you have anybody that you lean on, any mentors? I'm assuming Rizzy is somebody that you work a lot with. I talk to Riz and Phil a lot about um, the opponents that we have um, just to freshen up, to keep my mind fresh on the things that we learned previously on a I say like a Wednesday. So by the time Saturday come, you can, you can. It's easily to forget things. So you know what I'm saying. We have a meeting on Saturday to freshen up and get everything. You know what I'm saying to get ready to lock in for that Sunday. So I I talk to those those guys a lot too as well. Yeah, you said that you're in Mississippi right now, back home, enjoying some time off. When you were growing up there, what was the dream for you? And then how does this compare? Uh, my dream was to make it to the NFL and play football, you know, and I've accomplished that and I'm achieving more than that. So I know that what what you put in, like you can go further than your dreams. Like I've got different dreams and aspirations now as well. You're just finished your fourth year. Yeah, I don't know how many more do you want to go for? How long are we playing? How are you, are you going to be trying to get other people on the special teams, you know, bandwagon here from your hometown or anywhere else, maybe Mississippi? Um, I'm pretty sure I got people that follow me and they're proud of me, whatever I do. So, you know what I'm saying? Support going to come from anywhere. And I'm just going to keep doing what I do to, to bring attention to it. I know there's a uh, special team rankings that come out every year by Rick Goslin, who works out of Dallas and the saints were fifth on the list overall out of all of the NFL teams, a lot of it due to punting. How big was your kick, the kicking game for the saints this year? And the kicking game was very, very important. And the kicking game, it correlates to the, the defense success because we have to give them good field position to be able to, to go out there and play good defense. 
Awesome. Right, JT, a uh, forced fumble or a block kick or a knockout tackle, which one would you prefer? Mm, I'll say block kick. Block kick is as a game changer. The ball is more than likely going to go the opposite way. So, and it's going to go for a couple yards too. And we can easily scoop it up and take it in for a touchdown. You did that a couple of years ago in Chicago. You blocked a kick. What What was the feeling like? I mean, you know, you know, you, you practice those things. You know, you never know when they're going to come to fruition. What was the feeling like? I mean, when you broke through, did you kind of feel like, okay, I got me one? Man, I was like, am I going to make it in time? Because uh, Riz <laughs> always tell us, uh, you never know when you're going to block it. Like, it could be a, a totally um, pump block return that's not even schemed up for you, but you have to go. You have to run like you're not even like you're not going to get blocked. So on that play, I ran like I wasn't about to get blocked and it just opened up out of nowhere. And I was like, man, I got a chance. So I just kept going. And at the last second, I just dove out and I dove at the block spot and blocked the punt. Yep. When you're doing those in practice, when you're going through those drills in practice, you know, do you tell guys that you're kind of mentoring now, the younger guys, hey, go be serious about this because the, the chance might come? Right. We, uh, we tell each other, um, like, we already know that anything can happen. Like, anybody can block a punt at any time. Like, you can block a punt in six blocks. Like, a lot of punts get blocked in six blocks because people get caught by Mother Nature and they just chill on those on those plays and they get okie doke So before we let you go, we have to assess the special teams play this past weekend. I mean, it was insane. Some of these games and mm. all coming down to the end. I mean, what was your takeaway? It just lets you know that special teams is a big factor in, in football and all the late kicks, the block punts, you know, all of those things are big plays. One, one play can change the game tremendously. Yeah, absolutely did. That's for sure. Thank you so much, JT, for taking some time to join us. We're going to let you get back to kicking it in your hometown and, and hanging out. And hopefully we'll be back at it again soon when we're getting ready for the next season. All right. Thank you. all Thanks so much to JT Gray for taking the time out of his off season to talk to us a little bit about this past season with the Saints and everything that he enjoys about that position that he plays so well. Again, all pro and pro bowler this year. Great honors for him and definitely well-deserved. Before I let you go, have to, as always, give a shout out to Terminix, locally owned for over 70 years. They'll fix your pest and termite problems. They have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River Parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. That does it for today's episode. Thanks to John, JT, I will be back with John again later this week and we'll break down more of the stuff surrounding the Senior Bowl. Have a great day.